Welcome to the His Plan for You podcast. Join Pastor Gio in a series of powerful messages that will encourage, uplift, and inspire. Discover God's perfect plan for your life today. Go ahead and sit down if you can. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Where's my brother? My brother, God bless you. Remind me your name. Ron, God bless you, man. Good deal. You're in the right place at the right time, man. Hallelujah. So I told you, this thing changed my life. Let's go real quick. I'm going to go through a whole bunch of scriptures real fast. Um, as the Lord leads me here. Let's go to Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame and conquered him, the devil. I'm reading from the Amplified. Because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. For they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. We've been studying death for a few weeks. We're going to continue staying on that until it's sink and hooked and totally done inside your spirit. It is essential that you do this. It is essential for your walk with the Lord that you understand this. When we're talking about the word testimony in the scripture, it's not talking about the ability you have to behave well. It's not that. It's not your testimony. Oh, you're such a good tushy, goody, goody you, and you're always good. You never do nothing wrong. So what did Jesus bother dying for you if you're so good? That was a waste of Jesus there. It's not talking about that testimony. You know, the hypocritical life where people think that you're perfect. No, the Bible says you're a sinner. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But you're going to be tempted. And you can say, no, I don't want to sin anymore. Because of the life that he has Moved inside of me, not out of my own, out of He living in me. I don't want to sin. I don't want to be in the wrong place at the right time. I want to live with Him. I want to hang with Him. I want to be with Him all the time. So that testimony, the blood of the Lamb in your testimony, that's the testification of your mouth. In the Greek, that's the word martureos. Because of the word, it says it right there, of your testification. It gets even better. If he is talking blood, the only way you can balance the blood of Christ is with the word of Christ. So it's really, in, in, in really nutshell, it's talking by how much word of God you put in your mouth. Because his word in your mouth is as powerful as his word in, in, in his mouth. So his blood and the martureus of the word of God that you put in your heart that comes out of your 
mouth testifying, the testification of the word of God in your heart. That's how you win the devil. Not you use testimony. I have a good testimony because I'm always show up in time. That's good that you show up in time. You should show up in time. We should be able to, to believe the word of your mouth. I'll be there at 11. I'm around the corner. I test my friend. Which corner? <laughs> Just to be clear, I get excited. Yes. Hold on. Which corner? <laughs> so that word literally means to give testimony, to utter, to give a good report, to implore. Hebrews 4.14. 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let's hold on fast to your confession of what? Of the word of God. Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brethren, Hebreos 3.1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Hebreos 10, 23, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. First Timothy 6, 12 and 13. First Timothy 6, 12 and 13. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 13. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate. 2 Corinthians 9, 13. 2 Corinthians 9, 13. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession. Of the gospel of Christ. Can I make it clearer than that? So what is it? Your obedience to the confession of what? Read it. 2 Corinthians 9.13. The gospel of Christ. And for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. What? You get favor in heaven because of your giving? What? Your liberality means your, when you open your wallet, make the big checks. And your confession of the word of God, man, this is for free. I'm going to throw that, that one there for free. You want, you want to be rich and famous like me? Easy. Make the big checks. First time the Lord told me to write a $7,000 check, my hand was shaking so bad, I ruined the check. Then I not. I had to write it again. I was like, all right, let's do it again. Seven grand. That's after several thousand dollars. The first time he asked me for a thousand dollars, I spent one year bringing the money to that preacher every month. 
And I knew there's a breakthrough in this. There is a breakthrough in this. First time. Second time got easy. Third, second, third time got easy. This is above your tithes. This is above your tithes and offerings. These are special things that God requests of you. And you know you have to do this if you want to get out of the hole. Seed reproduces after its own kind. So you can sit there and, yes, I confess I possess that million dollars. Okay, you can stand there and confess I have a baby all day long. No seed, no baby. Unless you're Virgin Mary. That only happened once, baby. <laughs> and there was a seed, actually, but it wasn't the husband's seed. It was God's seed. So no seed, no baby. So when you confess the word of God, the sower sow the word. Mark 4. Go and study the whole thing. Your confession. You can say it. And don't believe it, and you're still gonna get it. When do we start that? When we saw that? Mark 11. Mark 11. Actually, no. Yes, Mark 11, 23. Assuredly, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast down to the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. In that scripture, the word believe is one time. And the word says, says, says is three times. Saying it is outgoing three to one, believing. Because you can believe in your heart. You're going to forgive this person. And every time you see it, I hate your guts. I really hate your guts. Guess what? Your saying is going to overwhelm your believing. It works the other way. I don't believe one word that's preaching the same, but I'm going to say it. There's thousands of dollars in my account. I go to check. There's $2,000 extra in my account. I didn't believe one word of it. I was like, some guy came and deposited $2,000 cash. And this, I, I, I'm trying to figure out who, who was this. I thought he was the preacher guy. I regularly thought that he, how, this guy is good. He found my account. How did he do that? This happened. This is not a story. This happened in New York City. This guy was like, bring your checks. Speak life over your checkbooks. Just thousands of dollars in my account. And I said it, I believe what word. There's thousands of dollars in my account. Say it like you believe it. There's thousands of dollars in my account. I didn't believe one word of it. <laughs> I said it just because I want to get rid of the guy. And I said it, and then I got into it, and then I believed it, and I started saying it. And money started showing up in my account. And I was like, what is this? This guy is good. He's a hacker. He found me. How did he find me? I told my wife, this guy is good. This guy is with the mafia, man. He found us. I'm not joking. These things work. But you believe it or not, the Bible works. I'm trying to make the, the, the word true. The word, is, the word is true. You're not participating. That's something else. So you need to find what's the problem. What's the rock on top of that host of blessing? Unforgiveness. A lot of people die because of unforgiveness. They never get the flow of the healing because they put that big rock of unforgiveness there. Boom. Mark 11.23 works if Mark 11.24 qualifies it. But then if you don't do Mark 11.25, then you're toast. What does it say? When you come with your gift in the tithe and the whatever, in the check, leave the check on the basket and go tell the brother that he offended you. 
Not the brother that you offended. The guy that offended you, you go tell him, I'm sorry. I am so, so sorry. Me cogiste en un día malo, pero you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're done. Now you go back and now your, your gift. Now it can flourish. Now it can go deep and wide and it can reproduce after its own kind. It is all tied up. Everything's tied up. So I've been studying finances and I'm studying all these things. So I can put more pressure on the people. No, so I can put pressure on the word of God. I've seen it with my eyes. God, God. And they can do nothing. They have to send you a letter. If it's cash or if it's a wire, it's your money. I know a preacher. I know of this preacher. I actually know him personally, but the people that told me were very high-end people. There was this wire transfer. It wasn't the millions. And it went directly into his ministry account. He never gave it back. Because he was praying for a long time. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. Make Hey, there's, there's oil companies that make $100 million a day or more a day. And all of these other preachers, this is the times of the phone books. Phone books, children, is this thing made out of paper that you open and your phone number is there. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> they go, no. Yes. <laughs> and it was called a phone book and they were this big, made out of paper. <laughs> the pastor saying things again. No, it's true. They're called phone books. So this accountant... Closing day, grabs this phone book, opens the phone book, boom, hits it with his finger, calls the ministry. It was a, it was a ministry phone books of the United States. Listen, uh, we're depositing an $8 million in your account today. Is that okay with you? Here's a boom on the other side. <laughs> True story. Because it was cheaper to give some Ministry, $8 million, they're going to pay less in taxes when the, everything's said and done. Talk to your accountant. It's, it's good for, you, for your taxes to give money to the church. So this big company were like, oh, okay, if we don't give this $8 million, it's going to cost you like $15 million. So let's give this $8 million away. Let's find some ministry. Boom. So God doesn't need your labor to give you a favor. One day of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. I'm not afraid of labor. I'm not afraid of working hard. I want to work smart, though. I prefer to be able to have seed so I can sow. Because it will reproduce after its own kind. I like giving by the thousands so I can come back by the thousands. None, nobody gets to say they make me rich. My God make me rich. He did. He has. He still does. So you get to say that. My God made me rich. And your confession has everything to do with your health, with your wealth, with how wise you are. We're healthy, wealthy, and wise. How you look, Alexander's legs, my son, they were like this. We're like, man, we don't have insurance to go to the orthopedist. And my guy, we should start this guy early. And my wife, every night for years, thank you, Lord, because his legs are straight and perfect and whatever. And I'll be there like, yes, praise the Lord. Oh, my God, how much is this going to cost? 
I didn't believe one word. I said it. I agree. It was being nice. One day, I look at his legs. I'm going, stand over there. Perfect, straight legs. Years, years. And you go, in Jesus' name, poof. Uh, I got a million dollars. Yeah, amen. Are you Harry Potter? What are you, in drugs or something? Sometimes, okay, that makes a miracle. But sometimes, you stick to the process. It still works. You don't let go. It's going to work. Yeah, favor. I have favor. I have favor. I have favor with rich people, powerful people. For what? They give me the money? No, I just like them. They're very elegant. Mm -hmm. Very classy. I like hanging with rich people. We talk everything except money. And then they start telling you money things, and then they expect you to, to get it. And they want to see how you prosper. I had this rich guy, my, my sister worked for him, and he'll spend time with me. When I say rich, he owns several buildings in Manhattan, where each apartment costs millions of dollars. He owned the whole building, buildings multiplied. Okay, so he, he had money. So my sister worked for him. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut your water like that. <laughs> and this guy was... Very wise. And every time he said something, I'm like, let me write that down. Let me see how I can make this work. I bought up my first apartment on the phone. He encouraged me so much, he kind of brainwashed me, man. <laughs> I believed it. I bought an apartment on the phone. And to get from there. Believe God. I had 25 cents when I left Miami. I bought my other apartment here. I had 25 cents on my account. I bought an apartment. I had a great credit. My wife had great credit. Take care of your credit. Pay your bills. Do what you're going to do. Do it when you're going to do it. Say what you're going to say. S stick to your confession. You have a good name. Good name is better than gold. So all these things go hang in hand. All this stuff is together. Matthew 17, 20. Because of your unbelief, you're as surely, I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, Matthew 17, 20, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing. So you see in these scriptures, Jesus is confirming that it's not the amount of faith, it's the quality of that faith that he already put in you. The size of a mustard seed. Just a little, just a little of that kind of faith will enable me to speak to my situation and cause it to change. Jesus spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to trees. He spoke to dead bodies. He spoke to Satan. He spoke to people. He never spoke about the circumstances. He didn't waste his time doing that. Spoke to them. Spoke to the circumstance. He always said what he wanted to see and the circumstance has to submit. Pick up your bed and walk. Cast your net on the right side. 
What do you know, preacher? What are you going to tell me how to do your business? Okay, stay poor, Jack. Stretch out your hand. To the wind, what? Peace. Be still. What happens when you don't know what God says about a particular situation? What can I do other than just talk about the circumstance? If you don't want the circumstance to change, keep talking about the circumstance. If you want your circumstances to change, talk to the circumstances. Until we have diligently sought God and find out what God wants done, then we'll know what to say. Other than that, stay quiet. John the Baptist, his dad, the angel comes and tells him, hey, your son, man, that guy's going to rock the world. He's the one chosen to make the way for the Messiah. But you're not going to be able to talk once you get out of this place, the Holy of Holies. Stay quiet. Because what you're going to say, you're going to speak unbelief. You're not going to, you don't believe one word I'm telling you. <laughs> the guy was mute. Until the kid was born and the, the, the eight days of the circumcision was done and the whole pact was cut with that kid. Now the dad was able to speak. Some things... The God tells you this is what's going to happen when you're, prophet, when you're being occupied in the, in the office of, of prophecy. You have to be very careful with these things. I don't allow people to speak over my life. I try not to speak over people's lives lightly. But it happens. And I have to be careful because I can be moving in great faith and I can see a lot of things because I'm the way up here and that person might be in a hole down there. And you're not supposed to move by the word of the prophet. You're supposed to move because God told you. So every time some cuckoo comes and gives you a prophecy, including your pastor, me, you grab that prophecy, thank you, and you put it on shelf and forget about it. It's there just like a net, a safety net. Then you get addicted and you don't do nothing if somebody doesn't prophesy it to you. That's crazy. You can sit over here, brothers. That'll be great. So, if you don't know what God wants exactly, then you spend your time at peace, reading the Word of God, loving your brothers and sisters, doing what's clear in Scripture, paying your tithes, you know, helping your landlord with her laundry, whatever it is, you know, he who knows how to do good and doesn't do it is sin to him. As in the word. Then when you know, then you know. You have to be careful because your words, if you don't control them, it can be the very thing while you're in that deep, dark hole because of your confession. They could be evil. They could be, you could be saying exact opposite of God wants for your life oh but this I have to stay in this church because I promised God no that, that day you you were not thinking and that wasn't God and you did something out of your own flesh now God's bringing you to life to walk in the freedom of God 
and you made a mistake with your own mouth and now you're tied up to some weird doctrines, to something that is not going to allow you to grow, to stay free. You break out of that. You can break out of that. Sorry, Father, I didn't know, but now I know I'm free. And you break out of that in Jesus' name. And lately I've been having people that I'm like, oh, wow, well, I haven't seen you in years. What happened? God told me to come. Well, God told you to come. God told you to stay so you can bear fruit. I try not to be too, but it's the only way. You're not going to get it in one, in one, oh, great sermon. You go back to your hall. No. I tell everybody, try for two years. You go to a church, try for two years. You knew a tithing, try for two years. Peter, Peter has to, to do what, what Paul did. You know, he called his writings scriptures. Try for two years at least. We get partners in the ministry. We want you to stay for at least two years. It takes a long time to prepare some of these flights and some of these crusades that we do. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbios 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart and then speaks, so is, so is he. And then it comes to pass. This is what happened with the ten, the ten spies. God has spoken about the promised land, that it was good, that he had given it to you. But the circumstances spoke otherwise. And then your words didn't match what God wanted for you. We don't go by the circumstances. We don't. Family members that, that, you know, they don't know God. They're saying things. and So, you treat it like babies. You take authority over that. You don't let those things run wild and then hurt you. And, oh, 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 oh. You grab that by the neck and you submit it. Boom. They don't know what they're doing. Three-year-old can come in here and kick you on the wrong place in the anatomy, and you're going to feel it. Three-year-old. You're going to be there gasping for air on the floor. Three-year-old. So it hurts. But it's still there. So what you do? You control that thing. You take control of that thing. Yes? You don't let those things run wild. Your whole purpose as Christians is to bear fruit, and to bear the fruit of God, to bear the fruit of his words. For what? So other people can hear them words. You're the only Bible they're going to hear. You're the only word of God they're ever going to hear. That's why I tell you all the time, you're the biggest influence in that job. You're the biggest influence in that job. The love of God that pour, pours out of you, the, the, the love of God that was poured all the water, all the love of God that, pours, that was poured in your heart. It's got to come out. And under pressure, under stress, under duress, whatever it is. It's got to come out. Something's going to come out. We're going to find out what you've been saying with your mouth when you're under pressure. Because it will come out. It will come out. When it hits the fan, it will come out. When you smash that little toe against that bean, we're going to hear something come out of your mouth. You better be, oh, praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So whatever comes out of your mouth is because it's there. It's there because you put it there. How? The meditation of your heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my spirit be pleasing to you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the His Plan for You podcast. We believe that your tithes belong to your local church. However, your partnership and love offerings will empower us to continue bringing the message of His perfect plan for you to the world. For more information, please visit wghm.org.